The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. Thank you for joining me again. We have a great read today. This one is from Shinobi, and it is on Bitcoin Magazine. And it's about, it, it's digging into, it's privacy on Bitcoin. We always Privacy is always a big topic here. I'm I'm a huge advocate, as anybody knows, who's listened to this show more than once. Um, but uh, uh, this is on Bitcoin silent payments and secret blinding keys. So this is essentially an upgrade to Bit47 or a different way to do Bit47 that has been created by uh, or proposed, I guess, by Ruben Sompson and uh, one of the many clever little tricks that he has come up with and Shinobi breaks it down for us. He breaks down BIP47, uh, breaks down ultimately the privacy problem, why privacy is an issue on the time chain, how BIP47 and payment codes in general change this relationship and improve the privacy quite a bit in the ability to publicly distinguish who received what, and then how silent payments are an improvement on that and in what way, and obviously what the inevitable trade-off is in that regard as well so this is going to be a great one uh i hope you guys stick around i'll try to explain it again in the guy's take so hopefully if you get lost or whatever in the read um i hopefully clarify anything that might have been a little bit hard to follow in audio real quick i want to thank our sponsors to this show that is swan bitcoin the best damn place to buy bitcoin and I tell you what, they are a freaking crew of Bitcoin-only, like just solid-ass Bitcoiners. There is a company I want to buy Bitcoin from. It is, it's, it's Swan. That's why, that's why I'm a huge user of Swan. Go to swanbitcoin.com slash guide. That is my referral link. And they will know that I sent you there because that's where you should buy Bitcoin. And then, you know, you're going to send it. Where are you going to send it? You're going to send it to your hardware wallet. And you're going to snag a Bitbox O2. And that's because it's simple. It's secure. And it's going to keep your shit safe. It's going to keep your cheese behind your keys. And you get 5% off with code GUY. G-U-Y. That's my name. Hello. Nice to meet you. Go to guyswan.com slash Bitbox. It'll take you right there. And now that you have purchased your Bitcoin securely and you have withdrawn it to your secure digital Bitbox vault, let's get into today's read. And it's titled... Bitcoin Silent Payments and Secret Blinding Keys by Shinobi One issue with Bitcoin's privacy, the ability to receive funds without giving up valuable information, is addressed with silent payments. Bitcoin is one of the most pivotal breakthroughs in the entire digital age in terms of transferring value between one person and another. It does not require intermediaries. It is secured by a decentralized quorum of miners and validated by every participant on the network who chooses to in order to guarantee the validity of individual payments. 
The architecture of the system is designed to allow anyone from anywhere on the planet to receive money from anyone else regardless of where they are. Crowdfunding, charity, funding anything you want becomes instantly possible without needing anyone's permission, without dealing with any gatekeepers, without any red tape. It's a brilliant idea in theory, but in reality, it suffers from one massive shortcoming. Privacy. As a push-based payment system, no one is allowed to pull payments from you. You have to explicitly authorize them yourself and push them to other people. Bitcoin requires the sender to have the information necessary to define the destination for money they send. This requires the recipient communicating to the sender their Bitcoin address in one way or another. In the case of trying to raise money from the general public, this has massive consequences in terms of privacy or needing to maintain a constant interactive presence online. Anyone is totally capable of simply posting a single Bitcoin address somewhere online, and from that point, anyone who wishes to send money to that person can simply do so. But there is no privacy in raising money in this way. Simply take that address and look it up on the blockchain, and you can not only see how much money that person has been sent, but you can see the footprint on the blockchain of everyone who has sent them money. Both the person attempting to raise funds and everyone who has donated to them have no privacy whatsoever. Everything is completely open and correlated for the whole world to see. The only alternative to address reuse in the form of posting a single static address publicly requires running a server that remains online constantly so that people can request a new unused address every time someone new wants to donate money. While it may not seem like a problem to have something online all the time in the digital age, it does come at a cost and complexity, especially if someone is trying to run it themselves at home on their own hardware. And what about people who only have a mobile device? It is almost impossible these days with current operating system features to optimize battery use to keep something running in the background all day. And even if you can, it's going to drain the battery. BIP47 Enter BIP47 by Justice Ranvier. The purpose of this proposal is to enable a way for someone to be able to post enough information publicly to be able to receive funds from anyone who chooses to, without that public information being enough to 1. Track how much money the person who posted it has received, and 2. Revealing to the public any information about who has sent funds to the person requesting them. The core idea is taking that publicly posted information, or payment code, and from there, combine their own payment code to generate a new set of addresses the receiver can construct the private keys for. This new set of addresses is specific to the relationship between a single sender and the receiver. Each time a new sender utilizes this protocol to send money to a receiver, it will generate a new set of addresses unique to the two of them. At a high level, the general flow follows as such. The person who wants to receive money generates a new extended public key from their HD wallet in a new derivation path and publishes this 
publicly. This new public key functions as their payment code. From here, someone wanting to send them money will take this new payment code, and they have all the information necessary in order to generate new addresses to send money. The problem is, though, that the sender needs to communicate their own payment code information to the receiver. Otherwise, they will be unable to generate the private key needed to actually spend the funds sent to them. This requires a special notification transaction. Say Alice wants to transact with Bob using payment codes. Alice selects a UTXO to send to Bob's notification address. From here, she takes the private key associated with this UTXO and the public key associated with Bob's notification address. She multiplies them together to create a secret blinding key. With this, she can encrypt her payment code and encode them in an op return output. This means that Bob, taking the private key to his notification address and the public key of Alice's spent input, is the only person who can decrypt and read this information. This works because multiplying Alice's private key with Bob's public key produces the same value as multiplying Bob's private key with Alice's public key. Alice and Bob can now derive a new set of addresses that only the two of them are aware of, and Alice can now send any amount of transactions to Bob using a new address each time, without any external observer being aware of the linkage between them. There is a second variation where, instead of sending an output to Bob's notification transaction, Alice creates a change output to herself using a one-of-two multisig where one key is her change address and the second is Bob's payment code identifier. A third variation uses a one-of-three multisig output to encode the necessary information in lieu of op return. Other than that, things function the same. The one shortcoming of BIP47 is the need to utilize block space to send a special transaction notifying a recipient that they are going to be receiving money before actually spending it. This winds up being very inefficient for use cases where someone is only trying to send a single payment. There is also the risk of actively damaging privacy if the UTXO used for the notification transaction is connected to the UTXOs used to make payments to someone's BIP47 addresses. Care must be taken to ensure isolation between these two things to not create correlations that could be tracked on-chain and associate ownership of UTXOs resulting from different payments. Silent Payments Silent payments are Ruben Sompson's latest idea. It effectively solves the same problem as BIP47 without needing a notification transaction, with the trade-off of needing to scan more transactions to detect payments made to the recipient. The idea is abstractly pretty much the same. You publish a piece of public information and from that, a sender is able to construct a new address that only the recipient will be able to reconstruct. The difference is in the implementation details. The receiver posts a, quote, silent public key in some accessible location, and then the sender takes this and tweaks this public key using the private key of an input they are going to spend to make a payment to the receiver.
This is done by multiplying the private key of the sender with the silent public key of the receiver and then adding that silent public key again. This results in a new address which the receiver can recover by multiplying their private key with the sender input's public key and adding their silent public key. It's that simple. The big downside here is that support for light clients is very difficult, as the receiver has to scan every transaction in each block and compute the combinations of inputs tweaked to their key to see if it matches an output in a transaction. For a full node user, this isn't an unbearable increase in validation costs, but for light wallets without their own full node, this becomes very expensive. This could be optimized even further by simply scanning the UTXO set. Jonas Nick from Blockstream ran a benchmark test on an Intel i7, and he found it took about three and a half hours to scan the entire set and run the computations to check for addresses. This did not include the time it takes to look up the transaction that created each UTXO to find the input public keys necessary to run that computation. This has not yet been benchmarked or tested, so the cost and time remain an open question. A further optimization that could be made is using every input in the sending transaction's public key as part of the tweak, which would bring down the cost of scanning to see if you have received money by not requiring you to scan each individual input in a transaction and run the computation individually. This would raise the complexity of doing it with coin join transactions, though, as it would require every other participant to actively participate in the key tweaking. It would also leak to them the output you are paying to in the naive implementation. However, it would prevent the recipient from learning what input was used to pay them, and by cryptographically blinding the information shared with other participants in the coin join, it would prevent them from learning which output is the silent payment, thus mitigating all privacy concerns. It is also possible to add together a scanning and spending key in the derivation process so that the receiver can have one key online that is all that is needed to detect incoming payments, while keeping the key necessary to spend coins they've received offline and in cold storage. This would change the derivation to multiplying the sender's input private key with the scanning key and then adding the key necessary for spending. This would allow for more security in receiving payments, leaving only your privacy at risk if the receiver's device was compromised. A last major thing to consider is the potential for address reuse on the sender's side. In the base implementation, if a sender has multiple UTXOs with the same public key, reusing those to send to the same person with a silent payment would result in the same silent address and constitute address reuse. This could be prevented by including the TXID and input index of the transaction input used in the scheme, which could be pre-computed before being sent to light clients to not create an additional computational burden for them. Overall, the idea is a substantial improvement over BIP47 in every way, except the higher validation cost for the receiver to scan for funds they have been sent. It retains the deterministic recovery property, achieves unlinkability between different payments sent to the receiver, and removes the need for a notification transaction to take place before payments are made. Once again, Samson has come up with a very solid idea for a protocol 
that could be implemented to improve the usefulness of Bitcoin. This is a guest post by Shinobi. Opinions expressed are entirely their own and do not necessarily reflect those of BTC Incorporated or Bitcoin Magazine. All right, let's, uh, let's hit our sponsor real quick for today. Uh, and I want to talk about silent payments and payment codes and privacy and uh, blinding keys, all that good stuff. This is a, this is a really cool proposal. Um, I like the addition or the, the improvements of BIP47. There's a lot of different variations on this. And then there's the, uh, I really haven't dug into it that much, but there's the taproot variation as well, um, which as I understand it isn't really a, uh, a major variation in how the, how the multipliers work, so to speak. I think it's just that, you know, you hide it into a taproot branch. But again, like I said, I haven't really dug into it, uh, into specifics, but we'll talk about this in just a minute. Uh, let's hit our sponsor real fast. Okay, I am going to use this opportunity to actually bug Shift Crypto about making the cases or selling the cases like the one I got for the Bitbox hardware wallet because I just bought a handful of these little cases. Uh, they did not ship to the U.S. So my boy Marco at Bitcoin Duliban, uh, great shout out, man. Thank you so much for this, by the way. But he bought them and sent them to me. They're little simple 3D printed cases, but it has been wonderful for my Bitbox. So you know I'm a big Bitbox fan. Uh, the Bitbox is a simple, secure hardware wallet. I've been using this for a long time now. I love their desktop app. Uh, and, you know, it's connected to my own node, all that fun stuff. It's really just an intuitive, simple to use way to keep your Bitcoin safe. But it just, it has been great to have a case. And I just bought multiples of these. You know, the Bitbox is black, so I have three of them and they're hard to distinguish between each other. And now I've got these cool little cases with like different color bees on them. And so now that I've got like a shit ton of Bitboxes, I can easily tell them apart. But I would like to not have to buy them and send them to somebody else and then have them send them to me in order to get them if I wanted some more. <laughs> so to my listeners, you should get yourself a Bitbox O2 and you get 5% off with code GUY, G-U-Y. You want, you want yourself a Bitbox so that you can actually own your Bitcoin and not some bullshit paper promise from a custodial exchange Get them behind your keys on your hardware wallet. Go to guyswan.com slash bitbox. It takes you straight there. And to the bitbox crew, make some cases because I've got too many bitboxes and this way I can tell them apart. Okay, so um, this is BIP47 and payment codes is something that I have been interested in for a while. And really the trucker convoy situation is probably the thing that kind of kicked this back into my focus um, more recently, just because, you know, as you, as you heard in Shinobi's breakdown, there are these notification transactions and op return data that is necessary in order to set this situation up, in order to have private communications or private payments that are not explicitly connected to some public information that you have given to someone. Um, uh, basically to be able to get paid without it being publicly obvious that you were getting paid because the major problem of privacy in receiving payments on bitcoin as shinobi goes through is that the typical way is to post an address somewhere you know and this is like in tallycoin uh which the trucker convoy used or whatever is that they were receiving 
money, but or they were receiving Bitcoin. But you're able to see all of the separate addresses that have essentially definitely donated to the trucker convoy because you know the trucker convoy's address. You always you know one half of the transaction and obviously it's all public it's all right on the chain so even though obviously the address is pseudonymous you're publicly posting that i'm associated with this you're trying to do a crowdfund or you're trying to do donations the trucker convoy you have to say this is trucker convoy address to get people to donate to the trucker convoy address so you have a very public um a very public problem where you're putting those people at risk by making it making one able to see the fact that they are receiving funds um and not only that not it's not just that like a company can see it or the government can see it it's literally just anyone can see you check the blockchain and you can just see how many donations went to this address obviously you can't stop that you're you're at least getting the money to the destination but the reason that you are able to do so is because they have revealed themselves and they've revealed their address online. So this is a way to fix that. And, and I think that is a substantial enough problem. You know, when people talk about privacy, one of the big trade-offs is always either a common trade-offs that I see when I'm digging into these proposals or people are talking about different options is that privacy either adds a whole hell of a lot of extra data or computation like, for instance, something like bulletproof uh, or excuse me, confidential transactions and uh, bulletproofs um, that they have on liquid or uh, and or coin joins. They always obviously add a lot of data to break the chain. But the other thing is typically that you have obscurity is that like confidential transactions, for example, you can't see the amounts. Um, and there are certain, you know, other proofs and other privacy coins that use it so that you can't see the amount. But the problem with that is that, yes, you get the privacy of the payment and you get the privacy of the uh, of not not knowing exactly how much was sent or who who had received the funds or who who sent the funds. But you immediately change the assumptions, the validity assumptions of the or the cryptographic assumptions, the fundamental assumptions of the supply of actual Bitcoin is that you're adding an additional layer of, oh, this could cause an inflation bug because we can't, we don't have that elementary ability to just go, you know, run the numbers and this is how much we have because it's just public. It's, it's just a number on the chain and you just count. That is how you find out that there is there is 21 million or less than 21 million and the supply has not changed is because you can just look at it and count. So privacy options usually have those problems, those issues. But what this is essentially doing, you know, the normal private public key situation is that you share somebody your public key so that over a public channel you can share this piece of information that does not put you at risk and i mean that in the sense that your private communications your obviously your public key does not reveal uh or does not make it able for someone to decrypt it but it does make it some make someone else able to lock information that only you can unlock and what's funny is this payment code thing is kind of doing that except with creating an address so the beauty of that is that you can share 
pre-address information, address generating information, and combine that with, with their information so that you can know that you received the money from them specifically. But because only the two of you both have a private key in the situation, you're the only two that can actually generate the address to identify the transaction that went from that person, from Alice to Bob, from the donator to the trucker convoy. So you're able to share information with each other that does not reveal other information about what's on the chain and essentially do a transaction with an address that is not known that is not publicly known as the senders and an address that is not publicly known as uh, belonging to the trucker convoy. Now, obviously, the trade-off there is more data. You have to publish to the blockchain uh, or publish to the time chain a notification transaction that has your payment code, and then they publish a notification transaction. And I originally actually understood this wrong. I thought that I didn't realize that every sender had to publish a initial transaction as well so that if there's 100 people donating to the trucker convoy who want to make a single donation each person actually has to do two transactions as i'm understanding it in the way he explains it here they have to do two transactions a notification transaction to basically let them know by sending to their utxo with their payment code that i am going to send you a transaction and here is the other Here's the public key that you're going to mix your private key with so that you can find it. And they're going to generate it on their side with their private key and the trucker convoy's public key. So the opposite, but they produce the same output. They produce the same address when you're mixing them. So because you need one of the private keys and one of the public keys in order to create this address, the two public versions, the two payment codes in question here need our two public keys so you because you don't have either of the private keys you can do it with just one of either private key you can generate the address but the only things that are pub public are obviously the two public keys obviously the trade-off here is just the additional amount of data but that's where you know the conversation of privacy privacy i think comes with a value judgment is i I value privacy higher than a few transactions uh, worth of data load. I would much prefer that, you know, the typical person doesn't, doesn't necessarily need or, well, that's, that's a tough one. I would say everybody needs privacy, but let's say the general person does not care about their privacy. They're not super worried about, uh, you know, being attacked or politically uh, isolated or sanctioned or, you know, being on a blacklist, they think I'm not doing anything wrong, so I'm fine. So the overwhelming majority of the activity on the chain is going to be open and people aren't going to pay an extra price in data, in coin joins, whatever it is. If it costs more, they're probably not going to do it for privacy because that just is kind of seems to be the way that most people are. I'll kind of feel like the 2020s should be a wake-up call to those people who aren't taking a little bit of steps toward defending themselves against a future tyrannical government, even if they think their government today is perfectly nice. That might not matter in five years. But regardless, taking the assumption 95% of people don't care. But then there are people 
there are dissidents. There are, there's the trucker convoy. There's such a clear examples of people who do need the privacy. I don't really care that payment codes are a data cost. I mean, coin joins are a data cost. Like, I don't care that people are bogging down the train, the people who, the chain, the people who actually need the privacy to protect themselves, to protect their lives, to protect their livelihoods. Okay. Okay, that's totally fine. Do coin joins. I don't care if it costs more. Do payment codes. I don't care if it's a notification transaction. It could be worth two fees, and I am happy to have my, We, you know, we already got small blocks and everything. The data load is not going to be that exorbitant, and when the value of not having a publicly a publicly visible way to just point and say these people, these dissidents, this whistleblower, this uh, not politically correct organization, this you know WikiLeaks or whatever has re- received exactly these Bitcoin in exactly these transactions. They could post a payment code, and there's no clear distinction outside of maybe attaching them to a KYC. Uh, you know, exchange later and attaching it to a specific person who isn't part of the organization or, uh, you know, they mix UTXOs later. And so you can see that all this is in one wallet that is still up to the individual to maintain their privacy and to have good, um, uh, address like UTXO management and know what they're doing to protect their privacy down the road. But the fact that they could publicly receive, uh, funds, it cost just maybe a couple of transactions extra to do that. And that no one would really actually have any idea how much they received. That's a really good benefit, you know, and, and it also helps to increase the anonymity set. Like, you know, I talk about privacy as largely being uh, being a transitional problem when there's a huge circular economy and people are exchanging money over lightning, uh, B- Bitcoin specifically, obviously over lightning and uh, Bitcoin for earning and spending day to day and every second hop of every single chain of transactions in a KYC is not a KYC exchange. Well, the anonymity set, the, the pseudonymity of Bitcoin on the base layer actually increases over time the fewer obvious KYC connections there are. And I feel like adding in payment codes and making that a standard would actually increase that that element of breaking the KYC and the other public data from the chain data, like basically putting up a wall, making it more difficult to tie the two together. It would actually speed that up. It would give it, you know, years head start on in a similar situation to what a circular economy does by making lots of individual transactions and coins move from two people, three people, four people, five people before they ever hit some KYC wallet or UTXO that would then identify who it now owned uh, and who now owned it. Payment codes help to do that in quicker uh, in the sense that the explicit connections, all the public data that you would share would no longer tie you to specific places on the chain in the sense of donations and being able to publish on your Twitter profile that, you know, send send any money you want this way uh, or being able to post like a static QR to a node that's not even online 
and you know put it at like a little storefront or a hot dog stand or whatever and people can essentially pay you directly and you don't have to be online you don't have to run a server back home like they just generate the address and you as long as they do the notification transaction uh, you can always regenerate that address later and recreate the private key for it and they're your funds but nobody's standing around, no one looking at that payment code, nobody, you know, checking out your hot dog stand and taking a picture of it to, you know, try to get your information later. Nobody can take that and then go to the chain and just see your transactions. And, you know, there's one thing actually to, I, I just think that on its face, that's something that Bitcoin should have. That's a trade-off that even if we find a much better way to do this later, well, we need privacy now and privacy is important. Like there's no reason to use a tool that we can implement today that if someone is willing to pay the price, the extra data for it, let them, let them. I think that is a simple and obvious net benefit. That's why I put up, I don't I actually don't even know how much I put up. I think it's like maybe a million sats maybe to get Blue Wallet to implement it. And they are, I know somebody's working on it. Actually, I, I, I haven't heard anything. So maybe... I don't know the progress uh, on that right now, but hopefully that's soon. And I would like to see other wallets do this. I would be more than happy to keep, you know, throwing some sats at people to get this to be a standard. And also there's something interesting to keep in mind too. Uh, Super Testnet, actually, uh, we were chatting a little bit at Bitcoin 2022. And there's also a quote unquote, I think he referred to it as a whisper address was the, the way he called it. But Effectively, you can do all of this without the notification transactions. You just have to find another means of communicating that information somewhere else. So you have to send the the relevant information over Telegram or over an email or something like that. And then you have to know that that information is important. It's like a, a part of your private key to any payment you receive from them. But as long as you keep that information, they don't have to broadcast it on chain. It's just that on chain is the is the obvious way to do it so that a wallet can see it instantly. They they can identify it as a type of transaction and a specific type of information and then automatically generate your key. And you don't have to understand what's happening. Your wallet can do it for you. But if you receive that piece of information through Telegram, Obviously, you have to know what the hell to do with the information in order to get your wallet to understand that it received a transaction because you have, as long as you have this extra piece of information. So there's out-of-band communication that can do this, this same thing, uh, which, which is pretty cool, um, but obviously much more difficult to implement for a broad group of people, like a large, uh, not insanely technically literate group of people they they need to know what is actually happening they need to know how it works it's like you know if lightning is dependent on everybody understanding exactly how a channel works and how to do channel liquidity management well then lightning is not going to work right the the very the very reason we know it has a future is because there are the relevant services the relevant tricks and the total htlcs and the turbo channels and all of these things that you can obscure this functionality away but still give the user control over their keys which is you know why i always push my favorite wallets that do this are um at least right now are uh, breeze phoenix uh from async and uh, uh moon moon is probably i feel like moon's probably the most popular one right now but the same goes here. That's why I feel like the notification transactions are 
to to some degree you want to say they're they're definitely the better ui even though they're the higher data cost however he actually you know shinobi goes right into it in this this same article about silent payments which are ruben Sampson's um thing which i actually th that was actually what caught my eye with this one is i had not heard the term silent payments i know bit 47 um but this is actually an improvement to specifically that problem of bit 47 but this one is just really an, a really interesting little tweak to this design because rather than using a notification transaction it's actually the address that the sender spins from that the receiver can then use to create the address so basically you when they send the funds to you like you're the trucker convoy or whatever when when you post your payment code they take that payment code they take which is your public key they take that public key and they tweak it with their private key of the utxo they're going to spend from so that essentially the transaction itself that is about to happen is the notification transaction they're using the actual utxo they're sending you the bitcoin from as the other half and then they're tweaking it again with your public key so they do it twice essentially to mix their address in that's going to be sending the funds and then you as the receiver the trucker convoy can just use their address and your private key to regenerate the address and identify that oh this transaction did send to you but the thing is is because you don't know your receive address yet they generated it you have to check every single transaction so you're just mixing your private key with every single input of the entire block of every single block to see if the result is the output of that same transaction then you're like oh shit that is actually a transaction to me but you have to check every single one of them so if you obviously if you have a full node and you're a good bitcoiner and you're checking you have a full node at home well then you can do this very easily you check and validate every transaction in every block anyway but obviously this means privacy becomes something that you can't do you can't do this version of it with light clients very easily or possibly not at all i don't know i wonder if there's like a neutrino filter sort of thing that you could do to to make it easier to check i don't know i don't know but anyway this is a really cool improvement over bit 47 and uh it's a it's a really interesting proposal and both of these i feel like just get any of them into clients as we can uh, i think like i said i think that's a huge net benefit the more privacy we can bring uh incrementally especially that doesn't doesn't even affect the auditability issue whatsoever i think is a huge positive regardless of the cost let the user pay the cost you know let the node runners we should assume full blocks for everything that we need you know uh, for now into the future that means higher fees well then we're looking at a situation where specifically the people who really do need that privacy where that could be that could literally be a life and death situation for someone okay they'll they'll pay for another transaction or they'll run a full node or whatever it is and as long as those costs are as minimal as possible as long as we know the explicit trade-offs that you, you know we can help protect more people um in a in, in a more certain way 
and you know one thing to you know everybody talks about the privacy and or lack thereof you know we're talking about the privacy trade-offs of lightning but the one thing that i still think is really not well appreciated is the individual payment the general individual payment privacy of lightning and i can't remember who i was talking to um and maybe it was caribou I, I, i'm not even sure but in regards to the trucker convoy i had a couple conversations with people in person at bitcoin 2022 and there was one thing that kind of made me smile was that somebody said you know there were memos and there were you know messages to exchanges and all these things showing the addresses the on-chain uh data and you know making it clear or the the trucker convoy uh participants liable for this amount of money and doing this with this with all of this money but one thing that you did not see were any of the lightning transactions whether they were actively looking for it whether they were trying to whether they have someone they can contact or pay to to see if there was any data collected on it i don't know but the beauty of it was that those payments and how much they received over lightning were effectively a black box to them it appears which is just really cool to to see that potential uh maybe actually have made a difference in the real world and when you get to when you get the continuation the implementation of these little step-by-step improvement increments um just like just like scaling you know like just incremental scaling improvements little things here um uh aggregation uh signature like a, a signature aggregation and a cross input signature aggregation and smaller signatures and hidden scripts in a taproot tree, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things, you start incrementally improving them and you you step further and further into the future until suddenly, you know, a hundred of these minor improvements later and you've got re- un- really incredible scaling potential. Obviously, there's still tons to go, but we've, we've moved so far forward with lightning, with taproot, with aggregation, with all of these great things. It is certainly in a better position today than it was five years ago by a significant, significant margin, in my opinion. And I think privacy is going to slowly move that same way as well. Even though they're going to get better at analyzing the actual chain data, and now it's incredibly cheap to essentially trace activity on the chain, well, it's also because we have an absolutely massive number of identifying points on the chain that reveal who owns what. Basically, KYC places on the chain where everything is so, has such a short distance from a KYC exchange that tracking it across two hops or three wallets just is not that complicated. And if we can begin to remove that, if we can remove some of those points, particularly in the context of like publishing an address or um, something somewhere on a social media or on a crowdfunding site or uh, you know Patreon sort of thing. If you can remove those tethers to the chain of what is exactly whose, you start to break away, you start to pull away some of those identifiers one by one until more and more of the chain starts to look obscure. And then you do that same thing with a circular economy with 
people earning Bitcoin and spending it day to day and then using Lightning more and more and where channels are the identifiers, but individual payments become more and more difficult to actually pin down and a far higher cost in attempting to analyze or see where each one of them are going. And then you have another incremental improvements over Lightning and better privacy. And we start attacking private channels to see where their vulnerabilities are and where we can improve the ability to have a channel on Lightning that's just not visible, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these incremental improvements, and then suddenly you kind of end up in this place where if you want privacy, it might take a little bit, it might be a little bit more difficult or a little bit more expensive, but you can get it. And for the people who need it, it's there. And I hope that's, it feels like that's where we're going. And I hope, I hope that means that I'm not wrong about our trajectory. And I think BIP47 and silent payments, uh, just as a default, you know, just as a default on your node, for everybody running a full node, it's like, why wouldn't we use this, you know? So hopefully we get to see this implemented. Um, it's a great little post. I appreciate the explanation and, you know, Shinobi for writing this and putting this together and obviously Bitcoin Magazine always. Um, just scrolling through, it's so easy to just find something that I didn't know about because um, they cover it all. Um, and I appreciate Shinobi for putting this together because I somehow had not stumbled upon silent payments. So with that... Um, I will keep my bounty up for Blue Wallet and hopefully some others. If anybody is implementing this, I will happily uh, blast it out. I will retweet it because I love this stuff and I think it's really important. Uh, privacy is a huge concern for me. Uh, as I've said multiple times, if I, if I had a hierarchy, it's 21 million. You know, the supply must be auditable and it must be enforceable in Bitcoin. And then probably next in line... Uh, not your keys, not your coins, and then privacy. That's, that's, I can't think of anything outside of that that is more important in my top three. So really anything that gets us number three without compromising anything about number one and two, absolutely, let's go ahead and do it. So let me know. Thank you guys uh, so much. Let's go ahead and close this out. And thank you to Swan Bitcoin and to Bitbox and Shift Crypto for, for making this show happen and for sponsoring and being uh, awesome services in the Bitcoin space and making this show something I can do every day. This is, I love this. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. It's fascinating to be able to do this shit. I'm still sitting here on my bed holding my microphone. I've got like serious nostalgia like this is where this show started and it's kind of funny to be back here <laughs> uh, at least temporarily until i get myself an awesome just straight awesome new studio i am stoked about it. it's going to be awesome um but uh it's still it's still a ways so i'll be here on the bed with my microphone talking at my computer and i will catch you tomorrow with another episode of bitcoin audible thanks for listening and until next time guys take it easy You have been listening to Bitcoin Audible, a 111 production.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.